fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile And welcome to the Fantasy Fullback Dive, brought to you by the good people at the Roto Street Journal. Paving your way to fantasy glory. Acting as your lead blocker on the way to hopefully some fantasy championships. As long as you didn't listen too much to uh, me in the last couple of days, uh, you're probably doing fine. I'm your host, Nat The Truth Jones. With me, as always, the wolf of Roto Street himself. We are foregoing the usual awesome intro because this is going to be a lightning fast show. We are going to get out of here by the time Sunday Night Football kicks off, which is right around in half an hour. And we got a lot of stuff to, uh, you know, to go over. <laughs> it was a great week of football, not for my fantasy teams, but the football games themselves were freaking exciting, and there were definitely some stars out. I just didn't have any of them. How you doing, Will? <laughs> Largely similar to you, <laughs> I, although I'm in a couple of 50-50s at least, so it's not hopeless quite yet if Sutton has a big Monday night, things of that nature. I still have slight hope. But yeah, not the uh, right side of the. the well, why don't we just dump right into the studs? Because I didn't have any of these guys. And oh, no, no, I didn't have any of these the guys. Fantasy world on fire. So, as you guys know, before we jump into here, thumbs up means everything helps us get out to more people. But we're going to go through the stud of the week, the dud of the week. We'll fly through those. It's kind of just quick, meaningless awards. But we will dive into some stats that popped, things that really do matter to fantasy owners. We'll dive into some of the injuries as well that we noticed. And then, last but not least, we're trying to be the first people out there with the early waiver wire action that you need. Now, I know you probably can't pick up till Tuesday, but getting ahead, kind of getting the names in your mind, so that way when you get all the articles in on dating you, you at least have some fresh, right off the battlegrounds type of uh, information. So that's the goal. While it's all fresh, while the pain, it seems like for you, is fresh, while the confusion is awful for me, uh, let's get going. Let's dive let's in. Get, let's get going. Uh, stud of the week. I'm going to go real quick, like one at each position. We originally, if we were going to talk running back, we were going to say Jonathan Taylor. He had a great game, 31, 161, and a touchdown, added four catches. But we actually rethought things, and we decided to give it to Saquon Barkley. 18 carries, 164 yards, and a touchdown. Added five catches for 30 yards, which is not nothing. Uh, that yard yardage, that's nine yards plus a carry. I mean, that's pretty yeah. nasty. So he's our stud of the week at running back. And if I, when I do my big board tomorrow, my rest of the season big board, I, he might be top two. I honestly looked so damn good out there. Quarterback stud of the week, Pat Mahomes, 334 yards, five touchdowns, a whopping 36 fantasy points, just doing what he does best, bombing the league. But well, no Tyreek, he lost, he lost no Tyreek Hill. No Tyreek, no problem, baby. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, definitely the stud quarterback of the week. Runner-up receiver is... Runner-up receiver. Are we talking? Yeah. I, I was. I, I thought we had declared Jefferson the number one winner. Oh, he's the winner. The runner-up was Jamar Chase with sixteen okay. targets, ten catches, one twenty-nine in a TD. Although I guess Devonte Adams really started knocking on the door here late with one hundred and forty on ten catches of on his 10 own. Ten catches, but of course they were both playing second or third fiddler uh, fiddle to Justin Jefferson, who had nine for a buck eighty-four, I think, in a touchdown, and it just seemed like seemed like he even had more than that. I mean, he, yeah. he had 30 fantasy points in like the first half. If anything, they kind of took their uh, foot off the gas. 
That's how dominant he was. Keep in mind also on Thursday, Cooper Cup had 13 catches. So uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the cream's really rising to the top. I mean, what, what are those? Like the top four? Receivers. Those are like the top four receivers, right? Exactly. If you look at the first few picks of fantasy drafts, yes, Taylor panned out. But the rest of the running backs largely underwhelmed in terms of Eckler, yeah. Cook, like Henry, Eckler, yeah. very underwhelming. All four of the, the early round studs weren't impressive. But the receivers really showed out. Maybe this is the year that – it should have been zero running back, and you should have hammered receivers yeah. early and often. It's one week, so I'm not going to overreact. But, yeah, studs were largely dominated by receivers. In terms of duds, we did mention just in Bro. general running backs underwhelming, but none more so, in my opinion, than Alvin Kamara. Probably my, my pick for the actual overall dud of the week. 39 yards on nine carries, uh, three receptions for seven yards. Just bad usage and pretty inefficient like production. Just not – didn't look great the whole time. And yes, the offense got clicking, but that was a, a very Dudley performance. It was a Dudley performance. And of course I've got a lot of Kamara stock. Yeah. <laughs> um, Damian Pierce. How about this? The guy who's going 20, what would you say he went for 28 in your auction or something yeah, like that? Just uh, flying I mean, up. Okay. He carried 11 times for 33 yards. They had a game positive script. I mean, like, you know, things were, were, they were, they had the lead like yeah. almost the whole game and Rex Burkhead out carried him. Brutal. So that's that's not a Played great seventy-one percent of the snaps Rex Burkhead did. Just disgusting, bad utilization, a huge faller on the rest of the season big board. Kyle Pitts, I you know, I'll let you take I, this I, one. you are more invested in Kyle Pitts than I am. <laughs> you're the guy who got me so excited about him. I'm excited about him. I actually didn't end up with him very often. Are you still I know excited you did. about him? Uh, yeah, I, I have him in one of my leagues. And honestly, if you were gonna say who's the biggest dud, I mean I could I seriously think he could contend for that title. He had two catches for 19 yards. I mean, Abysmal. right. I mean, and that, that game was, uh, you know, uh, that's like Atlanta found a way to lose. Exactly. As they often do. And Mariota did have 33 pass attempts. So it's not like it was a tiny aerial pie and just kind of got boxed out. There was a lot of volume up for grabs. He did see seven targets, but just very unproductive on those seven targets. Hopefully they can get on the same page soon. Cause man, he could be early bust. If that I'd be buying low. I do believe in Pitts long-term. But this was not promising. Very good defense, similar to the Rams and the Bills like recently. I'm not going to overreact to these players quite yet, but when they get a good matchup here, if they don't produce, I'm going to start getting nervous for sure. Last potential dud, but he didn't have huge expectations. Again, I mean, Eckler coming in with eight, McCaffrey with only 13-ish. Like these lead running backs were just a dud of the week. I, I was very high on Pickens, and he only had one catch for three yards. And that was pretty, you know, disappointing. I called him like one of my stud Bull predictions of the week. So that was Dudley. Oh, I mean, overall, for me, though, I go Kamara as the dud of the week. What about I you? thought Najee Harris. I, I would say Pitts. I thought Najee Harris was was worse than Kamara. Now, he did catch a one-yard pass that got him into the end zone. But, I mean, he had 10 rushes for 23 yards. Yeah, at, least he, Kamara, at least Kamara averaged four and a half yards a carry or something yeah, like that. Najee's averaging two. And, I mean, he, got, he did catch a touchdown. But, I mean, he was awful. Yeah, exactly. And, and he's he, hurt. He's hurt, too. Right, exactly. He got hurt, and that's why I didn't want to put him on the dud of the week because who knows if he would have made up more ground in the ultimate, you know, overtime. He did score too, so he ultimately wasn't killing you, murdering your lineup like somebody killed me. One of my teams, my backfield is Kamara and Harris. So yeah, I do have to shout out too as we went live. Mike Williams, definitely huge dud, two fantasy points overall, just absolutely abysmal, absolutely pathetic. Uh, probably ruining my week. If you had a mediocre game, I'd be right in this lineup. I got so, Williams too. Mike Williams, just I abysmal. Got, I got some Williams stock as well. Yeah, always. 
Oh, brutal stuff. Uh, shall we just move on now? Yeah, let's go. The stats that pop. Uh, so I will rip through these. These are just kind of like first positive guys that popped. Jalen Hurts, 243 yards through the air, but most importantly, 90 yards and a touchdown on the ground, the ultimate Konami code. More surprising, and in a waiver wire picks later on, Carson Wentz, 313 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, the second highest scoring quarterback of the week was Carson Wentz. I think that's more an indictment on the Jags' defense. You want to stream QBs against them all the time. But Carson Wentz himself, I mean, these weapons actually look pretty damn good, especially Dotson with those two scores. Whew, I really like this rookie. DeAndre Swift moving on to the running back. What do we got, Truth? Well, I mean, for one thing, this guy, we, we said a bunch of times, this guy could just end up putting up huge numbers, but neither one of us was trying to get too much stock yeah. in him. You know, he went 15 rushes, 144 yards, and a touchdown. He also Ooh. had three three catches for 31. Also, by the way, Jamal Williams scored twice in this game. Yeah. Like, think <laughs> about that. If he didn't get out carried off the goal line, there was five goal line carries. Swift got one. Williams got four of them. Imagine if he ever takes that over. It doesn't seem like he will, but let's say Jamal gets dinged up, something of that nature. It could be just to the roof. This would be like Christian McCaffrey two years ago type of ceiling. He looked so damn good. That line was opening massive holes, and he just stayed so involved you know, all, all the time. Every single third down went to him, all 12 third down snaps, and nearly 70% of the plays is total. Love to see it. Cordell Patterson, 22 roof. carries, 120 in a TD. I mean, right where he left off. We buried it, not us particularly, but the fantasy community buried this guy. He's one of the star players of the week, in my opinion. Oh, I was, was shocked with this. He was great, uh, and I thought he would be great. It's it's really more the – I don't doubt the talent. It's really more the play calling for him and stuff that yeah. went downhill last year. So I'm a fan. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, a guy neither one of us has been too much of a fan of. He had 74 total yards from screen. I think he had like 42 rushing, 32 receiving, something like that. But most importantly, he scored two touchdowns. I mean, yeah. pretty much everybody on the Chiefs scored – a touchdown or two but I mean that's a legit fantasy week that Clyde Edwards Hilaire had and we we're all, all talking about the the crowded Kansas City backfield and uh oh, but Pacheco scored too by the way but anyway exactly. I mean it's all over the place and he did great and Ronald Jones was inactive a healthy scratch so that was one of the big worries with Hilaire moving into the season was he going to lose short yards work to Ronald Jones if he's going to be inactive on game days no worries at all that was uh beautiful to see we already mentioned Barkley as a potential MVP like early on fantasy yeah. candidate, 164 TD and 30 through the air as well. But also intriguing at the running back position was Antonio Gibson getting 58 yards on the ground, but more intriguing was his seven catches for 72 yards through the air. Now he didn't play any two minute or third down snaps. They just started to use him more as a receiver on early downs. And he had some crazy catches on there. He monopolized the early down work right around 80% of the total uh, so, man, he looked really impressive here. Uh, for as long as Brian Robinson's out, you can definitely trust this guy. As long Jag, as he fumble. <laughs> Jags running backs, James Robinson, actually had 11 rushes for 66. That's a nice line. And a touchdown. And he yeah. also scored on a reception for three yards. So, James Robinson punched it in twice. Meanwhile, Travis Etienne had four rushes for 47 yards, um, which is a pretty amazing clip. And he had two catches for an additional 18. I don't see this in the copy under it, but I did watch him drop a, a touchdown pass like that would have been like a walk-in pretty much. And yeah. I know he was overthrown on another one. Um, so he definitely left points on the table, but still, I mean, the, the backs combined for 113 yards. Definitely concerning though, to see ETN just like this significantly outplayed by a guy coming off an Achilles tear. Yeah, like, Robinson looked great. He looked like his pretty normal self, much unlike Cam Akers the other night. So yeah, definitely erasing some concern for Robinson. He'll be one of the biggest 
risers on the rest of the season big board, dominating all the short yardage work, even though Etienne did get the leg up in the third down and two-minute drill department. Chicago Bears, we did see kind of dominant in terms of snaps early on for Montgomery. Ultimately played 38 of the 60 or 55 total snaps with 17 going to Herbert. But Herbert made his count a significantly lot more. He had 45 yards in a touchdown, more rushing yards on less than half the carries of David Montgomery and started to take over during the stretch run. You wonder if this starts to flip. There was grumblings that he was the better fit for the zone scheme, something to monitor moving forward. Browns running backs. You know, we've been talking about how we're, we're fading Nick Chubb, fading Nick Chubb, because, you know, I mean, obviously it's a crowded backfield. Deshaun Watson is not there. Well, today, I mean, both running backs put up extremely viable fantasy numbers. Nick Chubb yeah. rushed 122 times for a buck 41, um, had one catch for two yards. Kareem Hunt, meanwhile, 11 rushes for 46 yards and a touchdown. Um, and then he had another touchdown on a catch. He had four catches yeah. for 24. I mean, if you started both of those guys, you were happy. Very happy. It's just crazy. I played out almost exactly like we said. Chubb, unbelievable talent, better overall real-life player, more than more than anybody, 141 yards on the ground, and yet still Kareem Hunt outscored him in fantasy because he just has the more valuable role, which is what was making us a little down on him in the first place. Yeah, sure. Pat's running backs, you got to be concerned, particularly with Ramondre Stevenson uh, getting these short men on the stick, seeing fewer snaps than Ty Montgomery, who also played nine of the ten third-down snaps Ramondre didn't play a single one. Harris played above him on a third down snap as well. So big concern for him moving forward. Uh, didn't look great on his eight carries, 25 yards. Did have a couple targets and caught them both. But still, very concerning usage for him, whereas Harris outcarried him 9-8, to eight, outgained him 48-25. to 25, And we also saw Montgomery score the touchdown. Just a gross situation overall. Chase Edmonds had a nothing stat line, 12 rushes for 25 yards, four catches for 40. But the significant part of that, uh, not really worth elaborating too much on, but he did out-touch Raheem Moster 16-6. to six, So uh, he was the guy that was getting the RB1 reps, definitely. Played seven of nine third down snaps, too. Mixon coming in with 82, one of the few early round running, running backs to pan out, 82 rushing yards, 63 receiving yards on seven receptions and nine targets that increased Receiving work was huge. What was weird is he didn't play many third downs. In fact, 13 went to Samaj P. Ryan, only one third down to Mixon, but he played the entire two-minute offense, which was huge for him. So big development for Joe Mixon getting that receiving work. Bengals Steelers game was ridiculous, by the way. We don't have time to go into it now, but it was just just, the whole game was just ridiculous. Nobody could win. It was crazy. No, but nobody wanted it. Wide receivers, get into it. Don't have any copy under Devontae Adams, but I'll tell you, I watched almost all of that game. Ten catches, 141 yards, and a touchdown. And I'll just say it was like watching him play in Green Bay. He used exactly. him pretty much exactly the same way. Um, you know, force-fed him the ball like when they were around the goal line. That's how he got his touchdown. Would have had another one, but there was pass interference. They ended up scoring anyway. It was just like watching him with Rodgers. It really was. It really was. I, I, yeah, that's it. summed up perfectly. Tyree Kill expanded role, 12 targets. Didn't rack up a ton of yards, 94 yards, solid, but a juicy 36.4% target share. Going to be one of those quick hits. He looked like a great fit. I mean, he was running all down the Patriots' throats all day, uh, and this offense is really going to suit him quite well. Good to see if you're a Tyree kill owner. Amon Ross St. Brown, this is one guy that we liked and I was right about. I did have him on a team, but he was on the bench um, racking up points. Anyway, he paced the lines in pretty much everything. Eight catches on 12 targets for 64 yards and a touchdown. You have to think. Lions are going to probably be down in a lot of games this year. They're probably going to be chucking him in the ball. This doesn't seem like it's going to be an unusual stat line for him. No, not at all. And this was one of the harder passes I think he'll face too. Just a precursor of things to some, you know, come. 
Sippy Cup is what they kind of call him, the Cooper Cup roll. Sippy Cup, I like it. He's just getting that perfect move-around roll. Pittman also in that just layup targets that we saw. Justin yeah, Jefferson. true. 13 passes. We knew he's going to be the alpha for Matt Ryan. Nine catches, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Just clear-cut wide receiver one that everybody was expecting. Jarvis Landry actually caught seven balls on nine targets. That was a surprise, him going over 140, uh, 100 yards, 114 yards in the Saints. Big win over the Falcons that they certainly did not deserve, but somehow got it because they were playing the Falcons. And teammate Mike Thomas going yeah. 57 yards and two touchdowns on a quote-unquote limited snap count, but he made his count for sure. He only played seven less than Jarvis and Olave, so he was just about every snap player there. Another surprise 100-yard receiver, Christian Kirk, whopping 12 targets, doing what he did in the preseason, carries right over 117 yards on six catches, getting deep for two 25-plus yard gains. He's the number one defense, like, by a clear country mile. Good to see. The Kirk's the Kirk stat line didn't surprise me as much, but because I mean, who else are you throwing the ball to? Right. Um, Robbie Anderson had uh, five catches on eight targets for 102 and a touchdown, including one super long one that I saw. It was like 70 to 80 yards or something. That's like where that. he did all of it. <laughs> right. I mean, that was pretty much all of it, but great fantasy day for him. And it was just nice to see because Baker's deep accuracy was almost double the completion percentage of Sam Darnold. And to see these guys hit it off right away, you got to feel much better about being a – like, I mean, he was going late. He might still be on there on a ton of waiver <laughs> wires. That, I actually didn't even think to put him on the waiver wire list, but I bet you he's out there in more leagues. I would check it out. One receiver we didn't talk about that I have to mention, 10 catches on 13 targets, 155 yards. For AJ Brown. All oh, yeah. How do we Only thing him? he didn't do was get into the end zone. He had 128 yards in the first half. It was right. clear he was the absolute engine of this offense. I mean, did Devonta Smith, he might have had like what, one catch, two catches? It he was had, just. He had a media small production definitely it was it was abysmal it was not even close it wasn't a 1a 1b it wasn't even a 1-2 it was i am the alpha i am taking everything that jalen hurts has it was awesome great to see we hit a couple tight ends real quick pat, pat Fryermuth, five catches on 10 targets for 75 yards in their week one win over the bengals i saw a lot of this game and they were definitely he was definitely trubisky's safety valve although trubisky was often not super accurate going at him that's why he yeah. only had five catches on 10 and Travis Kelsey, I mean, but that the 10 targets is what you really want to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That safety valve, it was it was clear they had a nice rapport there. Kelsey, I think he actually led the Steelers in receiving, if I'm not mistaken. Um, You're correct. Regardless, Travis Kelsey, eight catches, 121 in a TD, first drive. It was just like old times. It, they're unstoppable, and it's clear he's going to be the main attack. Uh, Juju did also pace the team in targets, if I'm not mistaken. That was kind of ending right as we got on air. I don't know his final stat line. I will look it up yeah. as you get to some of these negative stats real quick. All right. So on negative seven, we some of these we were finishing the agenda last minute. It's tough. The games end, we get right on the air. We'll say the one one quarterback negative stat line that stood out was that Joe Burrow had five turnovers. Um, now Charlie in, in the comments says Burrow's eighteen with five turnovers was disappointing. But the quietest 25 to 30 point uh, performance of the week, he says you should smash by low if any owners are pissed and panicking. 100 percent. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to say is he couldn't have played a worse real life game at multiple times and still put up 25 fantasy points like it, it's only going to get better for him in this entire Bengals offense. Sure. Running backs also. Christian McCaffrey, a little disappointing. And you texted me at halftime. McCaffrey, three carries, WTF. Well, he ended up yeah. only getting 10 carries. 10 carries for 33 yards. He did score. Uh, and he had four receptions, but that's only for 24 yards. I mean, you look at the other top running backs. You look at what Saquon did. If you look at what Jonathan Taylor did and stuff, it's like they they had as many or more receptions as him. And, and a yeah, much, much really higher big uh, clip. It was a bad game. 
Exactly. The low receiving total is really what frightened me. The guy has been a top five running back and I believe 90% of his last games played. This was going to be far from it. So not hitting the panic button, just uh, the Browns are going to bleed clock against teams. And that's what really happened here. But ultimately uh, a concern, definitely want to see more from him in his first game back in a long time. Bunch of shitty receiver performances. Nico Collins. A lot of people asking if I have to hold on to this guy. No, he's just a jag. Like could maybe be a touchdown threat. Eh. Mike Williams, fucking yeah. like two fantasy points. I think he ended up with two catches for, for like, like 10, 10 yards. yards. Yep. Just abysmal, abysmal. Darnell Mooney, too, supposed to be a target hog. One catch for eight. Like, oh, that was ugly. And David Campanile coming on and shouting out the first commentary. Renfro, this, you know, alpha guy that's going to dominate in the Julian Edelman role. I was nope. all about it. Three nope. catches for 21. Not the debut you want as Adams just vacuums in everything. Tight ends, Isaiah Likely. There was a little bit of hype about him coming uh, late, coming into the season. Zero uh, catches on four targets, so nothing to get too excited about. But they were playing the Jets, though, so that was probably pretty tough on him. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Mark Andrews, his running mate, also not that impressive with just five catches and 52 yards. So about the second rounder you were going for. Uh, we talked a lot about how he was due for regression, not a second-round pick we were targeting. And this was kind of why, because he led the targets – uh, 23.4% was leading the team. That was only seven targets. They're back to their run heavy ways. They have some deep threats. Lamar's always been more winging out to the, the wideouts. He really, really benefited Mark Andrews from Huntley taking over. So yeah, that was pretty concerning. Cole Komet, a guy who I said, if I had to punt tight end position, I might consider taking him while well, he ran 16 routes. <laughs> he got targeted one time and he didn't catch it. A goose yep. egg for Komet. Awful. And a guy that's going to be a nice segue into, uh, well, yeah, we'll hit injuries and then wave wire. Taysom Hill, though, tight end Taysom Hill, apparently. 81 rushing yards on four carries and a touchdown. I don't know that you can always depend on that, but, man, given the way tight ends just like a punting situation, I, I think he's going to find the end zone a lot more than most tight ends this year, even though it's going to come on the ground and not through the air. All right, we're going to fly through injuries uh, and then and try to touch on waivers by the time we finish. So, uh, you know, a lot of these injuries, we don't have any real clarity on. We can just tell you that they got banged up. They left the game or whether they came exactly. back or not. Najee and Harris. Do it, guys, if you don't mind, yeah. we've got a bunch of you with us. I love this, that people showing up for the tailgate. You know, it's giving me a little bit of energy after a pretty tough fantasy day overall. Uh, so that thumbs up button, though, does continue to help us grow yeah. and get out to more people. Thank you so much for spending your pregame with us. We get ready for a great game tonight. I cannot wait for that. One more great piece of action. But, yes, thumbs up. Greatly appreciate it. Let's hit these injuries, baby. Najee Harris had a leg injury. Like we said, he, uh, after 10 carries, 23 yards, uh, and a kind of lucky receiving touchdown, he did leave the game, and he did not come back. That's all Pretty we know concerning. so far. Warren did seemingly take over. We'll talk about him more in a sec. T. Yep. Higgins did not return with a concussion. We saw Jamar Chase evolve into a target hog, 16 targets in his absence. Should he miss the game, T. Higgins, against the Cowboys? I imagine this would be like a 50-point day for Jamar Chase. Keenan Allen left the game with a hamstring injury in the second quarter uh, in their win against the Raiders. Uh, he was on his way to a big game, four catches on four targets, 66 yards. I mean, he just looked like his old self. But uh, part of his old self is he gets injured a lot, and he got injured in this one. So hopefully it's not too severe. I'm paving the path to two fantasy points to Mike fucking Williams. Am I clear? Yeah, and and like two for to like two fantasy points for like Josh fucking Palmer. <sighs> yeah. Like like I mean another guy. Everett's the one that ended up picking up the steam, I guess. Oh god. Every backup tight end they had too seemed to be involved. Yeah. Eli Mitchell suffered a knee injury, did not return. He was off to a good start, 41 yards on six carries, played 17 of the first yeah. 19 snaps, was workhorse Mitchell again. 
but ultimately he led uh, that led to Jeff Wilson coming in. Tyrion Davis Price was not in; he was inactive this game. Uh, you know, almost exclusively Jeff Wilson from there didn't do a whole ton, but still the guy that you're going to want to look to on the waiver wire. MVP of the Giants training camp, <laughs> Wandell Robinson, was forced from New York's Week One game against the Titans. He had a knee injury; he did not come back. Ooh, and he was my sleeper of the week on DraftKings. That one really tanked the lineups that were doing actually quite well going into it. Damian Williams did not – he was forced from Atlanta's game. That probably led to Cordell Patterson having such a monster game, the first 100-yard rusher of the 2022 season. Cordell Patterson, who would have put your money on that? Not me. But still, he dominated in his absence. I imagine Tyler Algier might get elevated. Williams was a guy that a lot of people stashing to see as the starter, and he get, got in the first carries, but bam. Hurt very early on. We're going to hit the waiver wire real quick. The Wolf may want to elaborate on some of these. We don't have a ton of time, but I know he has a couple thoughts. I'll just throw him a couple softballs here. Jahan Dotson, who a lot of people really liked going into the season. In the first place, he's 22% owned. Well, he had two touchdowns. Carson Wentz, a lot more productive than we thought. Curtis Samuel also had a decent game. He's only 4% owned. Um, he actually caught eight balls on 11 targets for 55 and a touchdown. So both those stat lines, nothing to sneeze at. You like these guys? I sure do. And I, honestly, if you're starting at quarterback, Carson Wentz, the second highest quarterback scorer of the week. Uh, he's only owned in about 10% of leagues right now. I starting Matt Ryan this week with Trevor Lawrence on the bench. We'll certainly be looking to add him. All of these guys are viable in particular Dotson. Like some of the catches were just stud NFL receiver catches already. The stuff that you love to see at Penn state contested grab on his second touchdown. It was beautiful. The guy is going to be involved. I think he played every single snap. Yeah. Uh, and Samuel involved as a rusher, too, just seeing that wow, unique man. role carry over. A couple handcuffs that you want to keep your eyes out for on the waiver wire. One is Jalen Warren. Uh, Najee Harris was ruled out, and he did not return. Warren ended up picking up the majority of those snaps, including overtime. Made a few real nice pass blocks. Now, the stat line wasn't great. Three carries, seven yards, like just very uneventful. But the fact that he showed well in pass protection was a near every down player. We know Tomlin prefers a workhorse if he can have it. So he's a definite handcuff. Jeff Wilson as well. We mentioned Eli Mitchell's injury. Uh, He saw nine carries for 22 yards and had two catches for eight yards. Again, not lighting the world on fire, but in two fill-in starts two years ago, the guy had 30-point days. I mean, the ceiling is there. He led the team in rushing and touchdowns just a couple years ago. Someone I would definitely be adding, and maybe you consider Jordan Mason as well, in a tandem with Jeff Wilson. And, of course, we mentioned Taysom Hill earlier. He's only 9% owned, the quarterback slash tight end. I mean, obviously, if he does anything at either position, you get points for it. If he's in the game, he had four rushes, uh, 81 yards, and he had a touchdown. Worth a thought. That's all. Also, as far as tight ends go, Logan Thomas, this is the stat line we had written down. He had three passes caught for 45 yards. He was split in time, but he was targeted 20% of the time he ran a route. So that's something in a, in a position that's so hit or miss, you could probably do worse than Logan Thomas. Yeah. He was a true alpha the last time out there too, at the tight end position. So I expect coming off the surgery, they were ramping up his activity. I would move to Logan Thomas before Taysom Hill, but man, it's a good dice roll. Like he's going to be involved every single week. Yeah. Another running another running back for you is Rex Burkett. I hate to admit it, but again, 70% of the snaps compared to Damian Pierce, 14 carries for a sickening 40 yards. Did also have five catches for 30 yards. Did not look good on any of the touches. It was a gross show. You've got to hope they move more with Damian Pierce moving forward. But that type of volume serves a purpose, and certainly during bye weeks, if this does not end up fixing itself, check out Rex Burkett if you're desperate at running back for some volume. Dontrell Hilliard, only 6% owned. Three catches, 61 yards, two touchdowns to go along with a couple carries for eight yards. 
I mean, he would have been better than any player that I started at his position. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, he scored over 20 fantasy points. He's going to be, I guess we should have mentioned him with uh, talking about Henry as a dud. He played almost exclusively Hilliard, all the third down snaps yep. and really looked good. I mean, again, two touchdowns in the red zone, like very heavily involved there. And we saw Henry start to elevate his receiving role last year, was on pace for about 35 catches, which would have been a career high. If that type of ceiling is removed, you know, you're still going to get monster days from Henry every now and again, but you were hoping he'd get some of that receiving work. Killer drive. I don't see that changing. Definitely a guy. And he has the handcuff with benefits type of upside. Maybe my favorite, like, sneaky play. I've always liked the player. I saw him smash my Patriots. I know I'm going long on him, but I, I think he might end up being my preferred target on the waiver wire this week. Certainly over two guys I consider fool's gold. The last two names will toss yeah. up there. Devin Duvernay, five catches, 54 yards, and two TDs. He might be less of the fool's gold. He's also already 30% rostered. I was shocked to see that, like already highly um, you know, owned out there. And I, my family league, my cousin streamed Devin Duvernay today. Like, what? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, like 2% started and 2% was against me, of course. Uh, so nice game for him. And Lamar has hyped this guy up time and time again. I still don't buy that you'll ever know when it's consistent. A guy I wish I took more in best ball, though, because I think he'll have some blow-ups. A guy that I think is 100% fool's gold is O.J. Howard. Yeah. He did have two touchdowns, though, 38 yards, and both were nice, deep seam routes. They did have a tight end need. I thought it was Brevin Jordan filling it, but Howard did play more often than all of us expected, and certainly as a potential touchdown threat, I guess, if you're desperate. But I would go to Taysom Hill first. I'd go to Logan Thomas first. O.J. Howard, I think, was fool's gold. Yeah, me too. We, we just got through everything, dude. Kickoffs in seven minutes. Seven minutes. That, that's pretty efficient. That's a whole week and 30 minutes, Wolfpack. Thank you guys so much for being here. We'll hit, you know, we have, what, seven minutes till kickoff? So I guess yeah, we hit. Let's take, let's take a few as we can, um, leading up to those 20 minutes. The good news is at least a few of them are our good old friends. <laughs> Tuning back in. Huge Wolf. fan of the show. David uh, says, Wolf, we need to talk about a few things. Renfro was nowhere to be found. What the hell? Second, I'm up 16.7. He has Javante left. Thoughts if I can pull out the W. What do you think? Oh, man. Uh, I I think you'll be – it's a, it's going to be a sweat because they did say they're going to alternate running backs a bit. They said they're going to ride the hot hand. You just got to assume the hot hand immediately goes to Javante, though. And if he thrives and it's a Seahawks defense that gave up top three, you know, bottom three in terms of points allowed, they were very generous to running backs. I, I, you're right on the fence. I, I truly would call that a coin flip. I wouldn't be shocked if Williams goes for 25. I wouldn't be shocked if Gordon vultures a couple touchdowns and then he only has like 14 and you barely squeak it out. Uh, David, we do have I, a call too. I just David, I think you're going to win, but I've been wrong about every single thing I've yeah. said in the last three days. <laughs> uh, the kiss of death from the truth. Let's pull up our call in. Uh, we got Steven Malvasi. You still there with us, Steven? Hey, boys. How are hey. you? What's up, Steven? Hey, we're doing good, Steven. Hey. Thanks for uh-huh. tuning in. Oh, any time. First time, long time here. I'm pulling my hair out after week one. Uh, I bought into the Travis Etienne hype, and it looks like, you know, James Robinson's not giving the job up. My question to you would be, do I ride the Naheem Hines wave, or do I just play it safe with Kareem Hunt against the Jets next week? Ooh. If we're looking ahead to week two, and that's way more than I've already researched, but Kareem Hunt against the Jets, that's just like as soon as you it's said juicy. it, I perked up a little bit. That it is, is pretty juicy. very damn juicy. So looking ahead to week two, I would look at Kareem Hunt there. I would definitely bench E-team, though. I'd be a little bit worried how good James Robinson looked. I mean, he's right back. <laughs> right. Yeah. Do we do we look at it and just say leave ETN on the bench for right now or – 
I, I mean, you kind of got it. Right? I would go Kareem Hunt next week over Etienne, though. I would. Yeah, um, so, yeah. Tune in, though, to the show, Stephen. I appreciate it. Nice call. And keep calling in, man. It's always great to have you. Cheers. Appreciate it, fellas. See you, bud. <laughs> Have a good night. Good nice. luck. Love the call. Right. I love the call. We got we got like 15 call-ins this morning. It was awesome. Duckworth. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I was actually watching you guys for a while. Uh, Duckworth. Duck says the wolf and the goat himself, the truth. Thanks, Duck. We appreciate it. Uh, Clay says Barkley with a couple money bags. Hell yeah. Mahmood, what's going on, guys? How about JJ? JJ was our was probably the stud of the week, dude. Yeah, JJ got our stud of the week award. Well deserved. If I was draft, if you were drafting today, and I'm gonna be doing my rest of the season big board, it will be up tomorrow night at some point. Like, would you go Jefferson first overall if you were drafting tomorrow? I, I think I would. I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's tough to say because <laughs> the the guys right around him, with the exception of McCaffrey, were freaking incredible. I know. Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor was great. Cooper Cup was great. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. You can't you can't diss Cooper Cup too much. He had 13 fucking catches. Like it would be you, a fun whether we did it as an exercise or just a show to like just do a, re, snap, to do a redraft. Like redraft right after week one, just the massive overreaction first draft I'm of in. the year. I would 100 percent do it. I bet we could get at least six other roto guys and just like whip one together. I'm in. I would <laughs> that would be great. We could write an article. We could, then we could write an article. On draft it. after one week of overreactions. I would love that. <laughs> Kevin Rice says, what's up, boys? I had Kamara, Henry, Mike Williams, and Pierce. Ouch, 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 ouch. Yeah. The today, live <laughs> to fight on. another day. I, I Look, my lineup wasn't much better than that, Kevin. I had Cordero on the bench. You think he has legit low-end RB1, high-end RB2 all year? I don't think yeah, – it's tricky because Damian Williams did get hurt, so I imagine how involved he may have been. I don't think it would have been anything crazy. So, yeah, I mean, Cordero looked as good as he's ever looked. And I think we discredit the fact that he had an ankle injury last year. Like he had a bad injury, didn't look himself, and then was kind of miscast as a up the gut, you know, plotter. He looked way back to that explosive self early on. I I really liked it. So yeah, I I think quality RB two rest a year, Patterson, unless he gets hurt. I I really like what I saw. I mean, how could you not? I agree. He looked really good. Uh, Duck says my home league. I have JJ and Chase. Oh my god, that's just a beautiful thing. It's pretty good. (laughs) Tunes, meanwhile, in contrast, Tunes has Kyle Pitts in all four of his <laughs> Oh, God, you went all in, man. Yeah. He'll, better days are ahead. I'd be buying low at this point. Um, but, yeah, scary, spooky, not what you want to say. <laughs> Bulldog says, what's up, guys? Thoughts on Pitts? Yeah. We've already addressed that. <laughs> we, we addressed that. Uh, Word of the week. Not I, I didn't love it, Bulldog. I didn't love it. No. no. Um, Daniel Highland said his worst player was Gabe Davis with 18 points. Oh. LOL, rest of the team carried him, putting up 188, 1-0. You should have just tossed your lineup into DraftKings and made yourself a smooth millie, Daniel. Now Seriously, done. Gabe Davis is your worst player. You did okay. Austin Furster, not bad for snagging Barkley. Second round, pick eight. Yeah, he's a definite yeah. value pick right I now. I know. Sure. I'm kind of regretting everywhere where I went Kamara, like no-brainer over Barkley. Oh, that's tough because Barkley looks like he is just fully back. All Craig, so, well, sure, I regret it now. I would uh, go – if, if I would – if you do – If we were redrafting, I sure wouldn't I, be taking I cannot wait Barkley. to do this. We're, we have to do this. This okay. would be fun as hell. I'll do it. Um, but it. I would go Barkley over Christian McCaffrey tomorrow if I was drafting. Yeah, me too. They, they both course. have the same injury risk. Barkley looked fucking. Of course. Now I want to. I want to just. I know we got. We got to go in like one minute. But I. I want to. I would too. But I want <laughs> us also to. We know Barkley's great. But it was what a few years ago that you and I did a team together and we drafted Kelvin Benjamin and he had a great week one. And you and I. You and I were legitimately <laughs> talking about. We were legitimately like the money. He, he's like the third or fourth best wide receiver. That'll be the fun part of right. overreacting. Right, right. I, I mean, we it. just like I remember um, 
AJ Green had a really big week one one time, and we were just like, yeah, yeah he's like the first or second best receiver. I mean, AJ Green is great, but he was like the tenth best. But like mm. based on that first week, we were just like, yeah, I mean, he's like God. So yeah. don't overreact too much to one week. But with that said, it would be a really fun activity. Now, Denny bringing up, he correcting me. I thought Devonta at least had a catch. He said no catches. Denny's you know, a Philly guy. Eagle he's fan. probably right. What a game for you guys too. I mean, that was an exciting one with the Lions keeping it you know tight. You just target line shootouts all year is going to be a DFS strategy for me moving forward. But yeah, no catches. So one of the biggest lo- like fallers this week. I already was really low on him. I have Devonta nowhere. I'm happy about that. But man, uh, that was tough. The Eagles should probably be really concerned about giving up 35 to yeah. the Lions. By the way, up and down for Sarno. It is week one though. A lot of information gleaning. Uh, and and again, not trying to overreact to this. Higgins, Mitchell, yeah, tough tough shades when you lose those guys. And I think that's uh, we had a couple more. Uh, we do. Uh, I know we got to get out of here for the game. Um, yeah, I yeah. fucking hate Baker. Uh, I'm with you, Zach. It's always such a pain in the ass to see him. Juke Collier, good or, good or bad idea to trade for Najee? It really depends on the injury. Like, how can we how could we tell you uh, without knowing that? I, I see the logic behind it, and if you if, you know, as owners panicking, you can buy him cheap. Sure, but yeah, uh, I'm not there. Hey, can, I ask you a question? can I ask you a question just before we get off the air? Because I know we got to go. Yeah. Uh, how soon before we see Jimmy G? Oh, man, you think they panic and just go right back to him? I mean, I don't think they will this week. But, I'm, I mean, look, we were talking about how favorable a schedule the 49ers had. They have two gimmies right out the shoot. Like, I think they have Seattle next week. And, you know, this week everyone's like, well, it's a, you know, guaranteed win against the Bears. They got fucking beat by the Bears. Trey Lance didn't look good yeah. at all. He yeah, didn't look good at all. You got Jimmy G sitting on the bench. Guy took you to, like, the conference championship game last year. And they have an easy match. And he was injured. He was I injured. Think it's the Texans next week. If you lose that, <laughs> I think you go back. I, I honestly like they. You, I think this team, Shannon will say, like, I know I went with Jimmy. We're going to go back to him. I'd be very worried if I was a Trey Lance. Yeah, that's a good name. We didn't really talk about him as a dud. He was a definite dud. The 49ers were a dud. As a whole, one of the worst game plans. They didn't really let him uncork it, but he didn't really show like any reason to want, like, have confidence in uncorking it, you know? I mean, I feel like the Bears are like a 3 and 14 team. Yeah. Yeah, and they're they, back. And they, yeah, and they they beat the 49ers. Losing the week, 49ers. We should end on that. And end on the fact that, yes, the thighs of A.J. Dillon and Saquon Barkley. Next next year, I'm just drafting strictly on quads. Like, it clearly was an A-plus strategy this year. Uh, those quads will carry you to a tighter. <laughs> Chicago's underrated. No, I, don't know I mean, man, you know, I said they're 3-14. and 14. It's possible, you know, they might be 5-12. and 12. <laughs> Fucking this little shit, CJ. Imagine the 49ers knowing you destroyed your future by selecting Lance Overfields. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, they got Jimmy G. They're fine. <laughs> like, CJ did bring up two Lawrence over through ETN. So, yeah, I'm not even, like, down completely on him. It's more so Robinson just looked so damn good that you can't think ETN's going to ever be a feature back this year unless there's another injury. To so be, that's, that's more so. To be fair, we did say both of those things when we were talking about ETN. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> thank you for re- reiterating it for us, DJ. Um, and as we mentioned, you heard our, our early waiver wire. I think both those guys are good pickups. Warren would be the number one pickup of the week if we hear that uh, Najee's out. All righty, folks. All right, let's get out of here. And I, want, I don't want to keep you later. In a world full of fancy sheep, guys, be the wolf. Thanks again so much for being here. Uh, I'm the wolf. I'm the truth. RoasterJournal.com with Breed and Fija. Thumbs up on the way out. Thanks, guys. Later. Later. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go.
least we stole the show. At least we stole the show. Old-fashioned football right there, folks.